Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 80, Best Seat in the House. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. Hey, guys, how are you guys doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Guys, episode 80. Wow. We've either wasted a ton of time, or we've made a whole bunch of new friends along the way. I, I think we made a whole lot of friends. Hey, and if any of you friends want to pay for us to go down to Disney World, we are accepting that. I think actually I might be in Orlando, just, you know, coincidentally, um, May 13th to the 15th. So if I can get some funding, I'm going to a work conference, but I'd love to go to Disney while I'm there, which I probably will. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Are you not going to go to Disney? Uh, just, well, I'm probably going to go to Disney, but Pete's, you know, taking volunteers and want to pay for me to go to Disney. So let's just do that instead. I like it. Well, tonight we're going to talk about where to sit on rides at Disney World. There are, there are a lot of rides at Disney World that have a best location to sit at and a worst location to sit at. And we're going to go through those rides and, and tell you guys where you really want to sit. And Matt, I'm sorry, Mickey's Philhar Magic is not one of the rides that we're going to talk about tonight. Well, if you did go to Mickey's Philhar Magic, I'll make it a part of the rides we're going to talk about tonight. Um, you want to sit in the exact middle of the auditorium. That, that would be best. Before we really dive into the episode, there is a place to sit on Mickey's Philhar Magic. And it's actually further back for the 3D to work better. But Pete, where would I know there's a good ride in Hollywood Studios. I think it's called the Great Movie Ride. Where would you sit there? You're going to mention this every episode, aren't you? I think so. Hmm. All right. Well, before we get into our main topic for tonight, Tom, I think I'm doing the news tonight. Is that right? Yes. I've, I've had quite the week and you've stayed on top of the Disney news. So I'll let you handle this one. All right. Well, we do have quite a bit of news for this week. So starting with Magic Kingdom, and, and actually this kind of applies to every park going forward, with uh, Galaxy's Edge opening, every park other than Epcot is going to have extra, extra magic hours. So what this is, at Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, this will run from August 29th through November 2nd. This will be from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., and it's going to have all the attractions that are typically open during morning extra magic hours open. Now, at Hollywood Studios... This is going to be a three-hour extra, extra magic hour. So this is going to run from September 1st through November 2nd. And this is going to be from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And uh, this is going to give you access to Galaxy's Edge, Toy Story Land, and a couple other attractions. I'm sure it's going to be Rock and Roller Coaster Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios. So every single park is going to have this. Epcot's still going to have normal morning extra magic hours. So no extra, extra magic hours for Epcot. But... I think this is Disney's attempt to not only give people time, more time during the uh, during the day to access Galaxy's Edge, but also to get people to other parks, to spread them out to some other parks. So the Villains After Hours event dates have been set. Uh, they've been announced pretty much all Thursdays, uh, June 6th, 13th, 20th, 27th, July 1st, 11th, 18th, and 25th and August 1st and 8th. So with the exception of July 1st, these are all Thursday nights. The cost is $139 plus tax in advance or $144 if you buy your ticket day of. And of course, this is going to feature a new show, Villains Unite the Night, 
there will also be some attraction overlays. I know I've heard Pirates of the Caribbean and Space Mountain are two that will have overlays. This event will not have character meet and greets. So if you are looking to see some of your uh, favorite characters, get your favorite characters autographs, this is not the event for you. But probably will have shortened wait times. I know that a lot of these after hours events, 20 minute waits for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, pretty much walk on for uh, every other attraction that is open. And I think also you get free popcorn and ice cream with the ticket to this event. So moving over to Epcot, we've got some new details on the Play Pavilion. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks back. Now this is going to be opening in time for Disney World's 50th anniversary. A couple of details on the attraction. At Animation Academy from Hollywood Studios is going to be relocating here to the Play Pavilion. This gives you the opportunity to draw some Disney characters. There's also going to be a new interactive game featuring Nick and Judy from Zootopia. Uh, this area is also expected to be home to some character meet and greets, an arcade, and a toddler play area. Currently, there are no plans to use the uh, Body Wars or Cranium Command buildings that are attached here, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens as Disney develops this plan. So moving over to Animal Kingdom, uh, there is a Lion King musical dining experience coming to Jico at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, this is going to be a three-course meal with live musicians playing music from the Lion King. Uh, the cost is going to be $65 per person. Uh, with wine pairings extra. There is also a new baby gorilla at the uh, Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. This gorilla was born on May 1st, and her name is Grace. So go uh, go check Grace out. So going over to Hollywood Studios, we're going to hit the bulk of our news. We've already talked about the extra, extra magic hours for Galaxy's Edge. Hollywood Studios Galaxy's Edge will not have the reservation system that Disneyland is using. Instead, they'll be using these extra, extra magic hours to allow people to experience this land for a little bit a uh, little bit longer there is a barbecue restaurant opening at toy story land construction has not started on this yet supposedly it's going to be roundup rodeo barbecue and it's going to be located next to the giant woody as you enter toy story land uh, as of may 4th pizza rizzo has reopened i guess this is disney's attempt to draw some more people into hollywood studios from what I've heard, the uh, the food is still the same, not very good. So if you want some subpar pizza, go uh, go get into Pizza Rizzo while it lasts. So Hollywood Studios' 30th uh, anniversary took place, I guess, since we've released the last podcast. As, as part of this, there were all kinds of events, but one of the big takeaways was that Hollywood Studios has come out with a new logo that's, that's going to go over the entrance. I like this logo a lot. It features uh, BB-8 mickey and woody in the letters for hollywood studios and from what i've read these are supposed to represent disney's past present and future so and to go along with this a uh, a new show did debut projection show on the chinese theater at hollywood studios it's called uh, the wonderful world of animation and and what this does is it just takes guests through the history of disney animation starting of course with mickey mouse going through even Toy Story 4. Now, I, I have not seen this show yet. I have not watched a video of it, but uh, once once we do, we'll, uh, we'll share our thoughts with you guys. And then finally at Hollywood Studios, there is going to be a temporary gift shop set up at the exit to Toy Story Mania. I think the plans initially for Toy Story Land included a gift shop, an Al's Toy Barn, something to that effect, at the exit to Toy Story Mania. 
but uh, but I think this is their their way to get some Toy Story merchandise into this park. So no official word on on how long this is going to be here, but uh, there will be some merchandise available at the exit to Toy Story Mania. Moving over to Disney Springs, Bongo's Cuban Cafe is expected to close later this year. This has been rumored for a long time. Bongo's was told with with the whole Disney Springs renovation that they needed to renovate or move out. And I, I think it's just a matter of time or it was just a matter of time before they decided to close up shop. So expectation is that they're going to be closing up later in the year, late November, December, some, sometime around that area uh, as the cost for them to renovate would just be too great. And then finally, uh, some general news for tonight. Disney has announced the option to upgrade your standard solid color magic bands to custom magic bands. And these are the same magic bands that they sell at the parks, that they sell online. Kind of the way it works is if you do decide that you're going to order one of these extra magic bands or custom magic bands or character magic bands, whatever you want to call them, you will get a $14.99 credit uh, for the magic band that Disney would have sent you anyway that can be applied towards the purchase. So you're going to get a discount on these magic bands. I want to say they're in the $34 range. I think I've seen some in the $30 range. So $15 and and you can get a custom magic band with your favorite Disney character on it. And then finally, Disney has announced uh, free quick service dining is back for guest booking May 28th through August 21st. And in order to take advantage of this, Uh, You do need to book a four-night stay at either a moderate or a value resort with a five-day park hopper ticket. And uh, this is only good at select resorts. It's not combinable with any other offers. So again, if you freak out about free dining, it's back. I don't know that it's worth it with some of the other room discounts uh, and package discounts that Disney's been throwing out there. So that is really all that I have for the news. But before we get into our main topic, let's take just a minute to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, guys. Well, let's talk about my favorite thing at Disney World. Let's talk about some rides at Disney World. Let's 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 kick it off with I think what is my favorite ride at Disney World, and that is Splash Mountain. So when you're on Splash Mountain, Pete, I think there's only one spot that you really want to be in on the on the log, and I think that's back right. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's actually the worst possible place you could be. Look, Splash Mountain is a phenomenal ride, right? But if you are riding with somebody that you know. 
that is, if you're not a single rider, you want to do everything in your power to avoid the right side of the log. And there's a couple of reasons for this, but the main reason is end of the ride. And and look, I think this is caused by Disney running way too many logs on this ride, way more than than uh, are it's designed for. But inevitably, at the end of the ride, before you go down into the end finale scene where everybody's singing zippity doo dah and you have the riverboat, you you get stopped before you go down the hill and you get stopped by a waterfall and well it usually gets stopped because there's actually people that are trying to get off of the ride and you know sometimes you have people with special needs takes a little bit of time to get off the ride and so you get stuck kind of like in a log jam right around a waterfall i mean this this just builds up and builds up and builds up over the course of the day and until you're waiting quite a while now in the winter months and, and on our last trip, which I really appreciated, Disney did not have this waterfall running most of the time. Now, they did turn it on a couple of times during our trip, but they did not have this waterfall on the majority of the trip. I will say that this particular spot, I mean, we're kind of, I think we're kind of glazing over this lightly. I mean, if you get stuck and you're in the back right seat on Splash Mountain with this waterfall, it's like death by a thousand needles. It's pretty well, awful. It's not even the back right seat. It's any seat on the right side of the log. You are getting soaked by this waterfall. So, but it's like soaked by a thousand needles. Like, it's not like you're going to get a big jet of water that just like falls on you. It's just going to be gradually, you get more and more damp. Let me tell you why the right side is just bad. So when you start Splash Mountain, you kind of, without any spoilers, you do wrap around the main drop. They do have a, I don't know, water, I don't want to call it a water gun. It's more like a water cannon that shoots. Mm -hmm. And if you're on, you're stuck there right before the incline to get into the attraction, you'll get soaked. Also, the waterfall that they have discussed toward the end of the attraction also uh, will get you on the right side. And it is, you know, it's like that, it's that kind of rain that's annoying when you're driving. Your windshield wipers are too strong, but you need them still. It's that kind of water. And it just soaks the right side of your body very slowly. So if you have an enemy, if you have a sibling, and you yourself, you need to avoid the right side and put, if you're a single rider... Make make sure that you don't get on the right side. I mean, it's worth it's worth paying someone five dollars to switch spots in line with them and say, hey, you know, you mind if I get on first? Like, I'll give you five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars. Like, I don't want it to be on the right side. So where do you where do you sit here? If if you want to stake perfectly dry on Splash Mountain, where do you sit? I sit third row, left side. Yeah, I was gonna say first row, left side. So first first row, that's that's a psycho move right there. Now you can duck down. Yeah, exactly. That's time, what I'm talking about. Most of the time about. when you're in the second row, you're getting soaked because the person in front of you is ducking down. Yep. That's the move. You got to you gotta duck, dive, dodge, weave, do whatever you got to do to avoid that water. But you see it coming. The other person doesn't. So that's I mean, my advantage. As you, we've heard in the great dodgeball movie, you dodge, duck, dive, dip, and dodge. <laughs> So there, so there's Splash Mountain. I mean, there is there's certainly a wrong place to sit on Splash Mountain, and it is any one of the four seats on the right side of the log. It's the wrong place to sit because if it's the summertime, you know, the wintertime they have the waterfall off most of the time. But if you're in the summertime or if it's a warm outside, you're gonna get soaked by that waterfall. And another thing, I don't know if we hit this at the beginning of the episode. This comes from years of experience riding these attractions. This is not something you just kind of learn first time. So this is really a, could be called tips and tricks. We're hitting you guys with like the hard facts here. And just, you know, we're giving you the, the knowledge that we didn't have. Because my wife hasn't been to Disney World in about 10 years. So she's going to forget when we go this summer. 
And she's going to look at me and see my weird laugh, my weird smile when I'm on the left side. And she's immediately going to know something's wrong, but I'm not going to break. I'm not going to tell her. It's just going to be hilarious. And I can say that because she doesn't listen to this podcast. Well, but not only that, you can you can make the people you're riding with forget while you're going through the line. I mean, I can't tell you. On our last trip, I think I rode Splash Mountain 10 times total. I sat on the on the right side once. Every other time, I made the person that I was with forget which side of the log they were getting into. And they didn't realize until we had actually sat down and, and pulled down our, our safety harnesses. So This is how you do it. You say, you know what? Whatever I do, I don't want to sit on the left side. Or, time out, is it the right side? I'm not sure. Do you remember? And odds are they're going to forget. But remember, you will be on the left side. So, again, I think best ride at Disney World, don't sit on the right side. Yeah, while we're on the mountains, I think that you know, the next mountain to go to is Space Mountain. And if you're not sitting on the front row, you're doing it wrong. Front row at Space Mountain is the best the best ride slot. What do y'all think? No, I, I agree. I, I think that the front row at, at Space Mountain is certainly where you want to sit. A couple reasons for this. One, you get that nice breeze in your face when you're when you're going through Space Mountain. Oh, I but, agree. But, yeah. But but most importantly, you can see everything in front of you and your ride is not spoiled by if you're anywhere but the front row, you see the car in front of you doing whatever it's going to do, be it going down a drop, making a turn to the left, making a turn to the right. You see that. And if you're in the front row, you have no clue what's coming up because it's dark. Okay. So I have kind of disagree. It's not dark enough. And I think front row, you see what's coming, in my opinion. And back row, you obviously see what has happened in front of you. I would actually lean to sitting in the last seat in Space Mountain be for two reasons. If you're taller, the front seat has less leg room, and we're all taller guys. I mean, all three of us. And if you want the most, like, kind of whiplash, and there's another ride that we'll talk about in Magic yeah. Kingdom that this matters on, but I think you get a faster ride being in the last seat of the back cart in Space Mountain. But I, I totally understand the front. Because you do, you know, and you know what? I, I mean, someone told me this and it was kind of like a life hack. Just close your eyes on Space Mountain and then you have no idea what's coming. One of the best things about Space Mountain, like with Thomas Tomlin, if you do get in the back spot, and it's not my you know preferential spot, but what's cool about it is you're going, you know, I don't think you ever go more than 27 or 33 miles per hour on Space Mountain. But in the back spot, for whatever reason, when you go downhill, like you go down like a little kind of mini drop. It does feel different on the back if on the back row. So if you like like your tummy, you know, hitting your stomach, or you like just that fall like the falling sensation, you know, space mountain, you're going to get on the front of the back row. But I think it's a little more intense on the back row. So if you don't like that, you, know, you probably don't want to be on the back row. But if you do like that, you know, front row or back row, you're going to be really really happy with your ride. And you know, we didn't address this before we started, but every one of these is going to be really subjective to the experiences that we've had. I mean, scientifically, I guess you could say. If you want to have the best experience on any roller coaster, the middle is where you're going to experience the, the the best ride. But, you know, for me, Space Mountain, I want to sit at the front because I want to kind of lead the way. I, I don't want to see the car in front of me dipping down or turning or whatever. And I don't know what you're talking about that is not dark enough in there because I can't see anything that's happening. Well, Pete, some of us are a little bit younger and some are blind and some aren't. <laughs> yeah, that, that may be true. That may be true. So... Another mountain, Big Thunder Mountain. Where where do you guys like to sit on Big Thunder Mountain? So back row, and it's not even close. I think that what I just talked about a little while ago on Space Mountain is just you know it extenuates over to Big Thunder. I think the back row is the perfect spot to be on Big Thunder for those drops and for those little hairpin turns. 
you just feel it a little bit more, which I love. So I, I'll tell you on Big Thunder here. So Big Thunder is a kiddie coaster. Uh, maybe maybe more. Maybe a teen I, coaster. I would, I would debate that. Look, I've been on a mine train coaster at Carowinds, which is a, a kind of local amusement park to us. And Big Thunder is a hundred times better than the mine train coaster that I was on. Okay, but Pete, you'd have to agree here. The front of Big Thunder, they take you down the drop halfway before they hit the before they, they take the brakes off. That's why the back is significantly more intense. And for us, and that it's subjective, right? We enjoy thrills. We enjoy, you know, none of us are motion sickness people. None of us have issues with, you know, crazy roller coasters. Big Thunder in the back for me is better. You know, if, if we were talking about someone who maybe is not as big of a fan of roller coasters, I would suggest you sit in the front. But if, you, if you're a thrill junkie, the back row is where you want to be. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I, to me, Big Thunder's not, it, it's not that important where you sit, but, but I can totally understand that yeah, sitting in the back, you're, you're definitely going to experience more of the drops, more of the turns. And I also want to just ask you guys a question real quick. Um, we didn't really talk about this for Space Mountain or Big Thunder, but do you prefer being on the, well, Space Mountain doesn't matter, but on Big Thunder, left or right side of the of the roller coaster? I think that when, obviously, you know, you start out, you know, going out, obviously you start out going to the right, you know, and then you kind of do a big circle. So my question is like, you know, do you lean more one way or the other? Like if you are the heavier person, does, do you think it matters or are you okay anywhere you are? Well, Space Mountain, it really doesn't matter because you're sitting by yourself at, at yeah, Disney World, exactly, right? I yeah. mean, you're, you don't have anybody next to you. Big Thunder, I prefer to be on the right side because going through the uh, going through the cave, everything's on the right side when you're when you're going through the cave at Big Thunder. So, here's one way I want to make sure we look at this episode as we move forward. We're going to give you our favorite seat in the house, and we're also going to explain why. And if you're the opposite of us, you don't want to be in said seat, right? So like our favorite seat is the back of Big Thunder because we are thrill junkies. But if you are not a thrill junkie, if you have a young child who's just getting into roller coasters, the front row is where you would want to be then. So let's kind of explain it on both sides as we go through the episode. For whatever reason on Big Thunder, I feel like I lean more to the right than I do the left. Riding that, like just going around turns, I feel like I lean more to the right. So I'm fine being leaned on. I'm fine being the leaner, but I know some people might not want to be leaned on. Yeah. Just a, just a thought. But let's go to another roller coaster. You know, one of our favorites. Um, what about Everest in Animal Kingdom? What do y'all think here? So, to me, this one's really interesting to talk about because it does something that no other roller coaster at Disney World does, where it actually goes backwards in the dark and around and around, which creates this kind of I don't know. I get like off balance, right? I don't know what we're doing, where we're going, and I have felt like I'm upside down before. But I know I'm not because there's not shoulder restraints. When when you're going when you're going backwards through the dark, yes, it a hundred percent feels like you're going upside down. But but you're right, you're not. And you actually loop around a couple of times. I've seen a map of, and the only reason I know this, I've seen a map of Expedition Everest. So you loop around a couple of times, but but yeah, it does feel like you're going upside down, but you do not. I I don't know that Everest really has a best seat. I mean, I prefer to be in the front because. I like getting to the, the portion of the ride where the track ends. If you're in the back, it kind of ruins it early, I guess. So if you're in the front, you get to this section of the track that's that's busted out and you're like, oh crap, what's gonna what's gonna happen from here? You know, when you sit in the front as well, you're able to see I think you can see you know, Epcot, right? You can see the spaceship Earth. You have a better sight line. But because this is not a kitty 
roller coaster like I referred to Big Thunder as, the front row is great because you do get to kind of really feel the end of the track. You get to see the track flip over inside uh, of the of Everest, and that drop doesn't slow you down one second. I mean, you're going full speed whether you're in the front or the back. I will say that if this is your first time running Everest, I highly encourage you to try and be in the front seat. Just because if you haven't experienced this ride, you don't know what's going to happen. I think the front the front row really gives you the best experience. But, you know, if you've done this ride before and you kind of are expecting, you know, the backwards portion of this, I think being in the back row is the most fun because I, I just love the fact that, you know, I see what's in front of me, but I can't see what's behind me. And it doesn't matter. I think that, you know, it's just, it's a lot better being in the back for the second time you ride the roller coaster. And to add on to that kind of, you know, as I alluded to in our big thunder breakdown, if you are new to roller coasters, not a thrill junkie, I don't know if there's a good seat for you here. You know, if you're nervous about it, either the front or the back experiences very intense portions of this ride. And so this is a great roller coaster. It's the smoothest roller coaster at Disney World other than Slinky Dog Dash, which we'll hit later. But I don't know if, you know, Big Thunder certainly has a less intense and more intense seat. This one is pretty consistent through the entirety of your rail car, your train, whatever you'd like to call it. Well, if you're sitting in the front, you do get the first glimpse of Disco Yeti. True, true. But I love about the Yeti when you're going backwards and he takes a swipe at you. I think that's awesome. If the Yeti's working. So we're going back years now. <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and move on to the next uh, roller coaster on our list here. And that's Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Does it really matter where you sit on Seven Dwarfs? I don't think so. So I'm going to say it matters more who you sit next to. And hear me out here. These One of the coolest features about this roller coaster is that each individual cart can be independently moved. So, you know, if Pete and I are riding together, we can we could say, hey, sway left, sway right, sway left, and it'll rock with you. But on top of that, it is tight seating. You know, I, I sometimes struggle to get my knees inside of Seven Dwarfs. I struggle to get my belly inside of Seven Dwarfs, so. <laughs> so. I think, I mean, Pete, Matt, I know you haven't ridden this, but Pete, I have. I've yeah, ridden this. Matt and I, Matt and I yeah. rode it together. I'm sorry. Okay, Several so times. I, Matt, I didn't think you'd ridden this. Goodness gracious. What do Tom. you all, how do you all feel? I mean, do you think there's a seat that matters? This is the quintessential, it doesn't matter for me. I mean, Pete, you and I rode this. I know we were definitely rode on the front row. I think we rode towards the back as well. We rode it like three times, I think. But um, I don't think it matters. I think anywhere you go, you feel like, you feel the sway that Tom's talking about. And that sway is really important. And I think that's what really separates it. I agree. And and you get the same. So there's not really a, a good left or right here either, because there's a portion of the ride where the dwarfs are marching up the hill. If you're on the left side, you see them towards the end of the ride. You know, you've got Snow White and the witch. You've got Snow White dancing in the cabin. You've got the witch trying to break in. So left to right doesn't really matter either because there's, you know, there's a pluses and minuses for both sides so i i think this is the first ride we've come to that we're talking about here tonight that it really doesn't matter where you sit i mean front back left right i'd still lean to, I, I don't know if left to right matters as much i would lean more toward the back because again it's one of those that gently lets you down some some hills and some of the slopes you know big thunder is the worst about it uh, i i never i'm not a huge big thunder fan if you can't tell but seven dwarfs does slow you down during some of them and I think the back, if you're a first-time rider and you're okay with more intensity, sitting in the back allows you to kind of see other folks' reaction, specifically for the last scene of the attraction, so you kind of know where to look. 
uh, as you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs dance, and there's someone lurking outside the door. So that those are my that's my thoughts on Seven Dwarfs. And I'm I'm okay with that. I like sitting in the back there because you're right. You do it. It does slow you down if you're in the front row. You don't get the full effect, but if you're in the back, I think you do. So let's move on to Avatar: Flight of Passage. And I I put this in here for one reason and one reason alone. So when you get on and get off this ride, and I've only been on this ride one time, so I don't have any other experience other than than my experience, but there there's multiple levels to this theater. There's three levels to this three theater, right? So either you're if you're not in the middle level, you're climbing up or you're climbing down, both to en- enter and exit. And so, you know, for me, you always want to be in I think it's theater B. You know, Pete, I don't know. I've ridden it, what, twice, I guess. At least twice that I can think of. Twice in the same day. And I don't know which theater would be the best. I guess I'm interested to see why you... Let me let me hear your thought process here. Well, I, I just don't want to climb a bunch of stairs. Okay, I mean, okay. I don't, I don't think it... I think the more... So we're going to kind of spoil this ride for, for anybody that hasn't ridden it. Not really spoil it, but a little bit. So you're riding on your Banshee. The doors in front of you open up and you're facing this this screen, right? And and you can see everybody else in the theater. And, and there are a there are a ton of people in this theater. To me, the the best experience on any of these and we'll get to Sword in a little bit, and I think it's kind of similar. The best experience that you can have from these screens is the more, you know, the more towards the middle you are. So you know, if, if and I don't know that it matters that much for Flight of Passage, but you don't have to climb a bunch of stairs going up or going down. And, and I, I do think you get the best experience sitting in the middle. All right. So we talk about this as the, these kind of tips take years to understand. And I don't know that, you know, Matt definitely has not had a chance to ride Flight of Passage yet. Pete, you've ridden it once. I've ridden it twice. I don't know that we know enough to speak on this one. I do not believe in my two times that inside outside and what theater you're in matters but i don't have enough experience on it i would say that soren there is a significant difference depending on where you're sitting and we will get to that but flight of passage they may have kind of figured out how to do it right well so let's talk about soren i mean because there's there's definitely a right place to sit on soren you and i are different on soren really where do you like to sit so I like I like to sit middle section. So you have three sections on Soren, right? So I like to sit in the middle section. I like to sit. I don't want to be in the very top row. So which would be, I guess, the second section in the middle section or the first section in the middle section. I don't like to sit in. I like to sit in the second section in the middle section. So you're pretty much dead center on Soren if you're in the middle section and the second second group of seating i'm dead i'm dead i'm 100 opposite of you too i don't want to see feet hanging yeah so i want to sit on top row i think it's all about tunnel vision and what you can kind of block out if you're able to block out like the people above you then i do think that the middle section might be best i don't like the bottom section at all because i just like i'm not in in the show the top i'm able to block out like the roof like i can block that out and just look at the screen in front of me totally agree and but I don't like the middle or the bottom if I can see people like above me. Now, one thing that I have noticed at Soren, so I guess I, I'm with I'm with Matt here. I like the top row. I'm kind of scared of heights in general, so I'd rather be as high up as possible and just go ahead and get up there. But You're number scared two, of heights? I, I didn't am, know that. I am. But number two, you know, you should. You. I don't know if you ever looked when I'm riding Soren. That little seat. There's, there's a seatbelt loop in the middle for little kids. I always put my seatbelt through it, even though I'm not a little kid. And my hand 
is sweating as I'm holding that because I'm terrified this thing's going to tip and I'm going to fall. I remember the last time I went with Pete, I think one of us, for whatever reason, obviously this is Soren's and Epcot, y'all, if you didn't know. And one of us, after drinking around the world, decided not to put our seatbelt on on Soren, and we realized after the fact. And that was pretty scary. I I was worried that I was going to fall off, so I made sure I buckled my seatbelt. Maybe maybe we caught ourselves beforehand. I mean, all the, the details are a little blurry to me right now. But maybe the person was like, you need to put your seatbelt on when she came to check. And one of us looked down and like, oh, yep, yeah, we do. You know, and here's the other thing about Soren, and, and this has nothing to do with where you sit. I mean, you've heard all of our opinions on where to sit. There are some there are some blemishes on the theater screen now, which have just made it yeah. frustrating. Frustrating exactly. is the word, because if you see the like, you know, like the little the blips on the on the screen or you know the different damages to it and they haven't fixed it you're like you're disney just fix it you paint main street once a month come on let's get this done once a day there's there there are two theaters that that are have blemishes on them there's one that's pretty clean as far as i can tell And, and yeah it is frustrating when you get into one of the theaters that has people have thrown something on them or there's dirt on them or something like that it does kind of ruin your experience now, moving, moving over to another attraction that I think matters as far as seating is, is concerned, especially if you have children, Kilimanjaro Safari, the outside seats. I can't tell you left or right on the seating arrangement. Uh, they are kind of like rows, but you never know which animals will be on which side of the vehicle. So it's kind of, it's a 50-50 chance. With the way it's laid out, I would say left is better because a lot of the stuff is on the left early before you get to the safari or the savannah rather. But I think it's critical for kids because you can't stand on this attraction. You know, you, you want to be as safe as possible. Disney will call you out if you try to stand. So put your kids on the outsides. You're an adult. You can see over your children. It gives them an opportunity to get an up-close and personal view of the animals throughout the attraction. You know, Pete, when we went with our buddies who had never, we'll say they'd never been to Disney. It had been 20 years for each of them. Pete and I sat in the middle because... We're going to go to Disney again. We go to Disney quite often. Wanted to make sure that... And, and one of our friends still talks to this day about the ostrich that chased the back right side of our Jeep. And it was within, I don't know, what, five feet, Pete? I mean, it was it was very it was very close to him. And he got some ridiculous pictures just on his cell phone of this animal that was interacting with, with us. I would also say this is a ride that... If you can, you'd like to ride it with your friends. Like, you don't want to be leaning over somebody who's on the edge that you don't know to take pictures. I mean, if you can try and get an entire road to yourself, I think that's ideal as well. And Disney's good about this. They understand, you know, if you say you have a party of three, they're not going to put someone else on your row. Uh, Two probably gets a little tricky. My wife and I did it together, and I cannot remember if we had others on a row. I would assume if there was a party of two right behind you, you guys would sit together. But for the most part, Disney's aware of this that you will be moving back and forth to try and see the, the animals that are kind of interacting with you. And it's so subjective too. I mean, because you really don't know, there are some parts in the ride where you really don't know what's going to be where. So you really don't know where you're going to be looking. Right. Right. I agree. So this one's, this one's really tough to determine where, where exactly you need to sit. I mean, front to back, it really doesn't matter. You're going to be able to see what, what you see regardless. But, but yeah, I, I agree. If you have kids, you definitely want to let your kids sit on the outside so that you can look over them so that they can they can see. And with Kilimanjaro too, this isn't really a where to sit take, but just try and ride this multiple times if you can. Like try and ride at different points of the day because you'll see more 
And I think that's more important than where you sit on this ride. Just being able to see as many animals as you can, as much wildlife. So maybe try and get an early morning fast pass. If you can get another one throughout the day, you know, see it in the afternoon. But I think, what, well, guys, like after two or three o'clock, I mean, you're not going to see a lot of animals just because that's just when their their schedule kind of shifts. At least in my experience, you don't want to be riding this at seven o'clock at night. And and it's changed a little bit now that Animal Kingdom is open later. You can see a lot of animals kind of at twilight, early in the morning, and not first thing in the morning, but relatively early in the morning, 9.30, 10.30, somewhere around in that ballpark is, is a great time to go on Kilimanjaro safaris. Same thing at twilight, 6.30, 7 o'clock, somewhere in that area is a great time to go on Kilimanjaro safaris because the animals are a lot more active then. Another interactive ride or attraction, I should say, is the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Obviously, you know, if you're doing this attraction, you know, you're, you're trying to get cool. You're going to try and get a laugh here or there. Like, if you want to be the guy who gets picked on, that guy, where do you recommend that person sits? Or do you think it's more what you're wearing? Can you make yourself that guy? Yeah, I, th- I think you can definitely make yourself that guy. And that guy typically comes from, what, the second or third row? Kind of in the right side of the middle section of the theater. Yeah, so that guy, if you're facing the theater, is typically second to third row, like Pete said. More so on the right side of the theater. If you'd like to be the churros guy, I would say same general area, but on the left side. Second or third row on the left side of the theater. They don't typically make the churros guy or that guy from the back of the theater. I think the cameras are kind of set to a general area. They find someone who either looks really funny or really miserable, and... That's that's how they pick them. Pete has been fortunate enough to be that guy like twice in the same day. I've never seen that guy or Churro's guy come from the front row. Agree. And so how do you do this, right? Because the way Disney operates with theaters, if you're the first one in line, they're going to ask you to come all the way across the road to the left. So you want to strategically, this is, this is where it's fun to be in the back of the line because you have a better chance of being that guy. If you want to be the Churro's guy, obviously you want to be toward the front. I have been to Disney when Pete was that guy, and I've been to Disney when my friend was the Churros guy. So we've been really, really fortunate. Yeah, we looked ridiculous both times with kind of Hawaiian shirts on, but it, it's fun. It's fun if somebody in your group who, who, you know, Pete and our buddy were both really outgoing about it and cool. And, you know, it's fun when you interact because the crowd and the, and the comedians do really well with that. I got up and did a lot of dancing the last time we went to Monsters, Inc. Last Some would floor. say it was inappropriate. It was it was almost inappropriate. It was almost inappropriate. And I'm glad nobody took a video of it because I would have been embarrassed. Now another one I have for you, rock and roller coaster. Is there a seat is there a best seat in the house here? You know, I, I, I kind of feel like there is. I love being on you know, on the first row. I just think that's awesome, that's fun, and it's exhilarating when, you know, the the super stretch limo really gets going, obviously, you know, zero to 60 in like two seconds. But I think the back row is just as fun, too. I don't know if I've ever really noticed a difference on the middle of the ride. I don't think there's a difference right to left, you know, where you sit in the car. Because you're pretty much harnessed down where you're going to have your own individual experience. Do you guys like the front or the back better? Or are you like me and just say, like, the middle is fine, too? I would say... The middle would be the last place I would sit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd sit in the front or the back. I have no preference between the two. Right or left does not matter to me. I guess right because that lets me off the ride quicker. I don't have to wait. So I'd say probably the right side and back or front. I, I don't think it really matters on this ride that 
that much. I mean, you get a great experience on this ride regardless of where you sit. If you are in the front row, yeah, maybe it's it's a little bit better because you, you do get a little, you know, you get some breeze in your hair that may be blocked if you're sitting in the middle. But uh, overall, I don't I don't know that there's a really big difference on this ride if you sit front, middle, or back. I agree. And now another another roller coaster within Disney World that we've not hit on yet, and it's our last attraction for the night, Slinky Dog Dash. This one I think matters. I've ridden it once, so I guess my theory does not hold true here about having to ride these multiple times. But I think you want to be further back. I don't think the front road's good because Slinky Dog does block your view. Uh, it, it is a large Slinky Dog. I was, I think where I, I did a fast pass, and I think we sat, you know, the back third of the attraction. This is another one where I think it's more intense toward the back row, and I think your sight lines are better if you're not right up on the front of the roller coaster. My problem with Slinky Dog right now is that all I could do when I was riding Slinky Dog was look at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, and I think that's everyone, a lot of people's problem. But again, I would say that's even better for the back row. Yeah, I agree. You get more time to look at it. But I, I didn't enjoy this roller coaster as much as I probably should have because I spent the entire time looking over at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I mean, this is a good roller coaster. I would argue that this is one of the better roller coasters at Disney World. I might even put it above Space Mountain. But I didn't enjoy it as much as I as I probably should have because I spent the entire time, you know, the whole back stretch of the ride, I spent looking at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I did, I did the same thing. However, I was not feeling super well this day. So I had I quickly realized I need to look straight, keep my eyes on the prize, and, and worry about puking. But this, this is one of the... I mean, it's a top two roller coaster for me because Space Mountain is going to be hard to top. But I would say, as far as this this topic's concerned, sit more toward the back of the roller coaster train. And I think you would have a more enjoyable sight line and a more enjoyable experience as far as the rail factor goes. And the same thing stands for kids. I understand that the rail factor is not as big of a to-do if you have children who are getting used to roller coasters. This is more intense than Seven Dwarfs. This is more intense than Big Thunder to me. But... I think the sight lines are important because if, if, if a young child is sitting in the front row, they're not going to see anything except Slinky Dog's head and his ears. And and right now with, the, with what Disney's doing, Slinky Dog's head is probably going to be in a state of disrepair. The ride is certainly a cheapo ride. I mean, it's falling apart. It's ridiculous. It's been open. It hasn't even been open a year now, has it? Um, No. No, no it I don't think May. It, yeah, or, I don't think it has, actually. When, no, June? When did it open? I think it opened in June. I, this is horrible so embarrassing. I mean, well, I said, like, you know, there's no way it's been open a year. And then I said, I think it's opened in May. And I was like, well, May's in, you know, May's now. It opened June 30th, 2018. So not quite a year, like I said. No, I mean, it does. It looks shabby. You think about rides like Space Mountain or Splash Mountain or the, the rides that have been open for 20 or 30 or 40 years... They look a lot better than Slinky Dog Dash does. No, I totally agree with you. I think Disney took uh, kind of the off-the-shelf cheaper route here, but I don't want that to take away. The, the roller coaster itself is fantastic. I thoroughly enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, it, definitely a good ride. It, it weaves throughout Toy Story Land. You get great views of, of all kinds of things in, in Hollywood Studio. It, it is a great ride. I don't. I, I agree. I don't want to take away from the roller coaster, but it definitely is a cheaper version of a roller coaster that Disney's done. So, all right, anything else? I mean, are there any other rides that you can think of that have a good place to sit at? I was going to throw Cali River Rapids in here, but then I realized that the ride is terrible and 
it just spins around and really there's no good place to sit in it. I do I do have two quick ones to hit. One is uh Navi River Journey. The best place to see uh to sit is not on the attraction actually. Just don't ride it. And then this the second one I was gonna hit or the third one, I guess. Uh, I'm just going to roll through a few. Rivers of Light, another one. Just sit outside of the venue. You don't need to watch that. Fantasmic, sit. If you want to get wet, sit on the first two rows. If not, sit further back. And Dinosaur, be careful sitting on the right side. Maybe yeah, if you want to trick a friend, make them sit on the right side. On I dinosaur. think there's a picture of you crying sitting on the right side, right? I, I, I played the fifth on this one. But other than that, I mean, I, I think we've... We've hit most of them. If you guys know attractions that we didn't hit that we should talk about, or if you have a favorite seat in the house that contradicts what we've shared, please tweet or email us. Now, the last thing I can think about, and maybe we lean on our listeners for this, but where do you like to watch the fireworks shows? You know, do you do you like a certain area of the park? It's not it's not a ride, but you can find the best seat in the house for the fireworks. Um, Pete, do you want to touch on that? As far as Magic Kingdom goes, I mean, anywhere on Main Street is fine. I think. Epcot, I love getting a table at Germany and sitting at Germany with a beer and watching the fireworks. Yeah, I agree with those two, definitely. Rivers of Light, I kind of agree with Tom. Don't don't go see it. And then Fantasmic, I mean, as long as you're in the auditorium or amphitheater, whatever you want to call it for Fantasmic, I, I think you're in a good spot. And I, I would also tell everyone, you know, please take advantage of Fantasmic because I honestly don't know how much longer it's going to be around. I'm not saying it's going to go away tomorrow, but I am saying that, you know, it's it's had a very, very long, successful run. So make sure when you go to Disney that you do do Fantasmic. And like, you know, Pete said, if you don't like to get wet, don't be the first two rows, but enjoy it while you can because it's awesome. You said doo-doo. All right. Well, <laughs> if nothing else, let's go ahead to the uh, trivia question and secret for the week. Tom? Start with the secret of the week. Did you know one of the pirates on Pirates of the Caribbean is an old Abraham Lincoln animatronic that was retired from the Hall of Presidents? I don't know exactly which one it is. I'm going to try and figure out, and maybe you can look for it on your next next ride there. Uh, going to the trivia question of last week, the question was, what attraction can you wake up the birds? If you ask the cast member early and you're there in the front of the line, it is the Enchanted Tiki Room. You were actually able to wake up the birds there. But going to the trivia question for this week, this is kind of a layup. I'll be stunned if Pete doesn't know this one, uh, as he did not know last week's. Uh, where can you find an interactive tarantula at Walt Disney World? <clears throat> you can tweet us at podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. Again, the question is, where can you find an interactive tarantula at Walt Disney World? All right, well, anything else for tonight? Nope, that's all, man. All right, well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have your time. We'll see you next week.